Hi, I'm so excited to be here. It's like, I just feel really, really honored. When we were singing, I just was so overwhelmed by how much God loves each and every single one of you guys. <laughs> like, I just am very, very moved. And I feel more honored to be in front of you guys than to be even like standing here talking. Because I think that each one of you has so much power that God wants to really show you how to unleash. And it's, if you guys can get it when you're, when you're young, like how powerful you'll be when you're my age, because I'm so old. Um, if you're wondering, I'm 27. And this is Leon. He's eight months old. Um, but yeah, so I just have a little thing that I want to read from a book that I'm reading called Face to Face with God. And I feel like it really sums up just his heart right now. Um, so yeah. Um, is there actually like a stand that I can use? Because baby's head and stuff like that. Awesome. I think we'll just try like this next. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Whatever. I can move that. <clears throat> dun, 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 dun. All right. Can you guys still hear me? Okay, cool. Awesome. If I just get extra quiet, you can just turn the mic on up. impulse that drives the life of the believer isn't the need to perform for God, but to commune with him. Only when we perceive the face of the one in whose image we are made do we come to know who we are and the one from whom we are made. And because of who he is, to behold him and remain unchanged, it's impossible. He infects us with his presence we are drawn into an ongoing mission by the one who longs for us. This mission is simply the mission to become more and more fit to see him in his fullness. And the truth is that the degree to which we perceive the face of God corresponds directly to the degree, to the degree of our yieldlessness, yieldliness, how much we yield, <laughs> to the transforming work of the Holy Spirit into the image of Christ. The question for all of us is whether we will be satisfied with only a partial transformation or whether we will be so captivated by who he is that we allow him to kill everything in us that would stop us from becoming a mature image of Christ. This quest for his face is the ultimate quest. To embrace it, one must be ready to die. Thus, this quest is not a journey for the faint of heart. It's far too costly to pursue from mere curiosity. I hesitate to warn of the cost of fully seeking his face, not because a price doesn't exist. It literally costs everything. I hesitate because the reality is that when a person gets, what a person gets in return makes the price we pay embarrassingly small by comparison. The bottom line is that we give all of ourselves to obtain all of him. There's never been a better deal. When we go through the exchange, we find that what used to matter doesn't anymore. Life without passion gives way to a life of reckless abandon. Not only does everything in our lives that is inconsistent with the kingdom of God start to die the moment we encounter him, but the superior, supernatural reality of his kingdom starts to come alive in us. 
it's not possible to encounter one so overwhelming and maintain the status quo. This journey, it's so sacred. It's so all-consuming that very few people even want to respond to the call. While the seeds of this quest are found in the heart of every man, every woman, every child, most seem to be numb to its existence. Many things work to stifle the desire in us to seek the face of the one in whose image we were created. Whether we are overwhelmed by the prevailing winds of reasoning or a pain that we've experienced from disappointment, such forces cause us to abandon the ultimate quest and give in to the other impulse that has infected man since the fall, the impulse to hide from God. Still, the ultimate quest is quite doable and within reach. It is so all-inclusive that the smallest child may come. Every other journey and every other ambition pales in comparison. One might say this one challenge adds meaning and definition to all of life's other pursuits. Those who respond to the invitation find little else to live for. Those who say no spend their lives looking for an adequate replacement. And there is none to be found anywhere. So, Father, um, as you overwhelm me with love for these every single person that's in here, kids, babies, adults, all the people. God, will you really make an impact into their spirits tonight and start, just to start unraveling lies that we've believed about our identity and um, just things that we've done that have, where we've partnered with other things. Pause, baby. <laughs> you guys have never spoke with a baby before, so this is quite, it's quite the interesting thing. All right, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I definitely believe that God loves to interrupt us, so <laughs> we'll just take that. And Father, as, as we pause and as we reflect today and as we listen to your heart and to your spirit, God, will you just overwhelm us? like completely, from head to toe. We don't want to hold it all together. I don't. So, Father, wreck my heart so we can wreck everyone else's. <laughs> so I'm Rachel. And for about two years, I've had this... Man, do you want to hold the mic? Let's see what he does with this. He'll probably bite it. Um, I've had this impression in my heart to come and to just speak because six years ago I attempted suicide I was believing I think one of the most detrimental lies that Satan tries to throw at us that um, we're not worthy that we don't belong that we're not good enough that we have no purpose, that we have no identity, that we have no calling. And so I just want to sit here today and just invite you into my heart and into my life because I'm standing here. <laughs> like God literally saved me from death. And there is so much purpose and identity in this room that he wants to show you guys. 
you're not a joke here. You're not taken for granted. You're incredible. You're so incredible. Your heart matters to God. Your voice matters. He hears you. And he knows you. When I was struggling with depression, <clears throat> the thing that I kept hearing in my head was that I was not good enough. I sucked. Like, and everyone around me just felt like they were agreeing with that. But have you ever been around people that say those kind of things out loud? Like, <laughs> um, Um, so have you ever had friends or even you yourself where you've been talking with somebody and you'll say something and you're like, oh, I'm just so stupid. I can't believe I said that. Oh my gosh, I'm, that person's such a brat. I just can't even believe they act like that. Or you've done something and you've just called yourself an idiot or worse. I called myself all the names, all the time, to all the people. And everyone around would just kind of confirm that because negativity and all that kind of stuff, it, it just, just like positivity, it catches fire. So um, I remember I came back from um, being with friends and I had a friend spend the night, and um, when I woke up in the morning, my dad was, like, really angry at me. And he was like, I, I can't believe you. I cannot believe you. Do you know what you're going to do to our family? Like, all these things. And so in my brain, my idea of a father, and one that I know is from heaven, is that a father sees you and knows you and connects to your heart, like, above anything else. Okay? Some of us don't have dads that do that or are good at that, and we can't hold that against them because they're loving us the best way that they can. If they knew who they were, they would not act that way. So my dad slewed all these things at me, and in my brain I'm like, if the person that I respect the most thinks the same things I think over myself, that I'm not gonna go anywhere, I have no purpose, I have no identity, I'm not worth anything, what's the point? Really, what's the point? And that day, when they left for church, I, I overdosed. And I spent four days in the ICU and then I spent two weeks in the psych ward because when I woke up from ICU, all I could do is scream. <laughs> Not good words. I was so angry that I, was, that I didn't succeed. I couldn't see anything. People would tell me that they loved me, and I'm like, great, cool, <laughs> good for you. I don't. Anything else? 
But the thing was is that I was not connected to my identity. I have a father who I know now that calls me his daughter or his son, that calls me his, and it knows me on the deepest level that I've ever experienced anyone to know me like. Like, every thought he knows as I'm speaking. That's insane to me. <laughs> I love when babies interact, it's the best. Oh, it's so cool. Um, yeah, I think it's also really cool that kids are here tonight because God asks us to come to him like kids. And how beautiful to just sit in front of people, playing with your toes, <laughs> climbing up, pulling on things, like not caring about what, what you think or what you think. Like, they don't care. They're fully themselves, unhindered, no dignity. It's not a fruit of the spirit. Dignity is not a fruit of the spirit. We do not have to hold everything together. That's a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. But, yeah, we just get the invitation to come like kids to the Father. And I didn't know that. So I grew up in a very religious home. I grew up actually going to church my entire life. In high school, I was totally the... My grade called us the Bible bangers. Um, we loved Jesus, but we loved Jesus so much that we actually didn't know how to connect with him. So we only knew how to, like, follow rules. I don't know if you guys have ever felt like God is only a God that can connect. Like, you can only connect to him through doing things. Thanks, Robin. <laughs> um, so, like, I can only connect to God if I don't do this in my life. I can only pray to him when I don't swear or I don't gossip about somebody or I eat the right foods or whatever. I mean, like, we can make anything religion. So the problem to me with religion and the problem that I fell into was that religion stops relationship. I cannot come to the Father freely if I am stuck in a to-do list of things I need to do in order to connect with God. <clears throat> my parents are, they're awesome. My dad had one slip-up, a couple slip-ups, their parents. But that slip-up happened to confirm my identity that was false. And that spiraled me into something that just wasn't cool, but it was a huge turning point. So I was um, 19 when I attempted suicide. So it was over six years ago. I can't do math, but that's okay. Not my gift. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was 19, and it took about two years to really do a lot of soul-searching because I, I would say that I became very spiritual, didn't claim a Jesus, I didn't claim a, any God, because the way I was living, I knew was not what my Bible said to live like. So I didn't want to be a hypocrite, and I just decided to not claim anything. Um, that 
also didn't turn out very well. <laughs> um, because I think when we don't claim something and when we don't listen to the voice of Jesus, we literally lose. Mm, we don't lose. We just get confused. And we start to say, this is more important. Um, it's more important for me to look good. It's more important for me to be in shape, to eat the right things, to hang out with the cool people. Um, and it's just not the point is what I've realized. Um, so what is the point? What's the point? Why are we here? Who are you? Who am I? That's what I feel like God really wants to answer for himself for each and every single one of you guys. Um, because I had lost my voice, <clears throat> just like four days ago, I completely lost my voice. I literally couldn't talk. So this is amazing that I'm talking like this. <laughs> Shout out Jesus. Um, but when I was praying, I just felt like he wanted, to, um, he wanted to take us being timid and turn it into courage. And that that was huge on his heart for you guys. You guys are warriors. And sometimes when we're warriors, we can carry um, weapons that aren't fully formed. Because we don't really understand who we are. Um, but I know that this month, God super wants to sharpen your arrows so that you guys are fully formed and that you can go into anywhere that you go and know that you're powerful, that you have authority, that you are loved, and that you're actually connected to Jesus who literally knows every single person that you come into contact with. If you listen to his voice, he can literally tell you things about the people that are in front of you so that you can transform everything. And it always comes out of a place of love. So if you ever notice a voice that sounds discouraging, chaotic, confusing, filled with doubt or shame, is scary, none of those voices... Mm. Maybe I should have him play with this. Now he's sucking on it. Man, you want to play with this? Wow, it's the coolest thing ever. I know, look at that. It's the coolest buckle. Wow. Alright. <laughs> I didn't watch him the other day super close and he had a piece of paper and then he ripped it off because he has two little teeth now. So, choking life. It's a fun time. Not really. Um, okay. So, <coughs> yeah, Jesus, what are you going to do now? <coughs> okay. I'm going to tell you the story of how everything shifted and how everything changed because I'm no longer depressed and I no longer have anxiety and I've have not had those for, do you know the math? When I came to visit you? Four years. All right, cool, shout out. This is Robin, she's like one of my best friends and she's here. We have a baby that's a week apart, so that's pretty fun. Um, so what changed everything for me was meeting love. <clears throat> Intentional love. <laughs> He knows it too. So um, 
I'd been working a really lot, a lot too much for anyone to work. And I was just in that mindset still of hating everything, complaining about everything, um, feeling really crappy about myself and about everyone else around me. I could not see the good in anyone because I could not see the good in myself because I was not connected with the voice of the Father. Um, so, do you need something? So, <laughs> um, my friend Robin here had been living in Seattle, and she was calling me probably weekly or bi-weekly, and she had just gone to this new church. Come here. <clears throat> so she had just gone to this new church and was just learning about the Holy Spirit. And that we can actually have a relationship with Holy Spirit, with God. We can actually commune and have conversations like, right now, I'm having a conversation with Holy Spirit. You can have them all the time, 24-7, with no break. It's really awesome. He'll even speak in your dreams. So Robin was telling me all about this new stuff that we both had grown up in the same church, actually. We just felt like we'd never, ever known. Um, her and her husband paid for a trip for me to go out to Seattle and visit them. And... I knew it was going to be super transformational. I broke up with a boyfriend who didn't love Jesus. Even though I was not saying I love Jesus, um, there was still something in my heart that always knew. I always knew. Like, God existed for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. The end. <laughs> okay. Um, so... What was awesome about the trip to Seattle was that every single day, God brought somebody into the area that confirmed who I was hiding. So I don't believe that our identity is ever lost. I think we can hide from it, and we can distract ourselves from it, and we can try to fill it with other things so we can lose sight of it but we do not ever lose our identity. In order to lose our identity, God would have to tell us that we're no longer who we think we are. And he doesn't do that because he gives us our identity. So nobody here that you interact with can take it from you, okay? That's super, super huge. <laughs> and that was huge for me, was that I, <clears throat> I can experience tough people every day. I can experience people that don't like me or that do like me or that are mean to me or snotty, but they do not have any right to, to add or to take from my identity because they didn't give it to me. God gave me my identity. That never changes. So nobody on earth can take that. They didn't give it to you. God did. So when I was there in Seattle, <laughs> I'm not kidding, every single day, I'd never really met anyone except for Robin and Aja that were there. Every single day, somebody was coming up to me and being like, so Rachel, I just see you over a piano singing. And I'm like, shut the front door. I haven't sang for three years. I don't like singing. 
I love singing. Um, and God knew that. So it was, that was one thing after another, after another, after another. And then the last day, I remember going over to um, a woman. Her name is Kat. She's like our spiritual grandma or mother. She's amazing. And um, we went over there. She's like, you guys have to listen to this sermon. And I'm like, what? A sermon? So <laughs> we listened to it. And I think still to this day, my philosophy or my idea of Christianity completely changed from that day on. What he said, I don't even remember who it was or what the sermon was, like who it was. I have no idea. Um, but what I remember him talking about is that as Christians, we have two buckets in our hands. And this is how he explained Christianity. Um, we have two buckets in our hands, one of water and one of gas. We, as Christians, are made to pour gas on people's dreams and water on people's fears. <laughs> you know that, huh, baby? That changed my perspective of Christianity forever because it just made it really simple to me. Um, also, news fact, or whatever that's called, um, the Bible is simple. God is simple. It might be hard to do, but he is simple. So if things ever get kind of confusing or, like, you just don't really know what's going on, I just encourage you to ask him and look at Jesus's life. Jesus was really simple. He lived really simply, and he was the best example. Um, so <laughs> the last day we were doing that, um, I had struggled with back pain, chronic back pain for four years. And um, they asked like, hey, is your back hurting still? And I was like, yeah, my back's hurting and my shins are hurting because I hadn't done so much exercise, but when you live with Robin for a little while, you just do a lot of exercise. Um, I hadn't done that much for a long time, so I had a lot of shin splints. <laughs> um, but so they prayed. After we had worshipped and after we had listened to that um, sermon, it was the first time I had sang in three years that day. Um, and it was so powerful and unreal. It was amazing. Um, and they prayed, and I remember feeling this, like, warm, tingly feeling from my head to my toe. Like, throughout my entire body, it felt like my body was on fire. And everything was gone. I wasn't depressed anymore. I had no more anxiety. My back pain was gone. My shin splints were gone. Like, everything was gone. And I'd never experienced something like that before. Uh, I thought from having back pain for three years, my, my idea was that I didn't have enough faith to be healed. Totally a lie. Um, it doesn't matter if you have enough faith or not. God's heart is healing. God's heart is for you, and he is good. So you can't get in the way of his goodness. As hard as you try, you just can't. Like, he's good regardless of how bad you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter, and he still thinks you're incredible. He can't even see the badness. Um, so that changed my life forever. Um, and I still did stuff that I knew was taking me out of my identity. But the cool thing about Holy Spirit is this. When, when you say yes to Jesus, Holy Spirit comes in 
and teaches you how to walk in righteousness. Righteousness means right standing with God. When you say yes to Jesus, you now stand right with God. You are righteous. So there are things that violate righteousness. Uh, we show the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the flesh slide. Shanks. Um, so the things that violate our spirit are the fruit of the flesh. This is in Galatians 5. I can't remember the exact verses. Do you? 5. Okay, thanks. So Galatians 5, 16 through 28, pretty much through the end. Um, these are the things that take us away from right standing with God. Um, whenever I had read that list when I was younger, I always just felt really, really bad about myself. <laughs> uh, because that's a lot of stuff on there, and I'm pretty sure all of us are doing one of those things on that list. Um, so to me, that list no longer holds any power. <laughs> so you can read it all you want, but this side, the fruit of the spirit, is the side that matters the most to me. Because Holy Spirit, this is what he does in you. When you say yes, this is all the things you get. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action. You live a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. It's a love that never stops loving. It's incredible. It's unlike anyone. It's, it's unlike what anyone here on earth tries to tell you what love is. Like, love wrecks everyone's perspective of love <laughs> when it's real love. <laughs> it's like the purest form, and it only provides really good fruit. It, it has no manipulation. It has no control. It's got no fear wrapped in it. So, like, I don't know, you guys, maybe some of you guys drive now, but, like, when you're driving down the road and uh, you see a cop, the, your heart kind of races. And you're like, oh, am I speeding? What's happening? I don't know what's going on. Um, that, that is love that, that's not love, but it controls. That's a control reaction. Like when you're feeling like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. The cool thing about Holy Spirit, the cool thing about Holy Spirit is that we no longer have to fear doing things wrong. Holy Spirit is in us teaching us how to do everything right. Because Holy Spirit's goal is for us to stay in right standing with God. So anything that violates that, anything on that list, the fruit of the flesh, he wants us to know that there's something different we can do. And that there's another way that we can live that's super powerful, that breaks down everyone, it breaks down all the walls, um, and it makes us look just like Jesus, because that's the point, is for us to look just like Jesus. And we can do that. It's really cool. We have to be more focused on the fruit of the spirit than the fruit of the flesh, because guess what? That's dead. When you say yes to Jesus, that list dies. That's, you can literally envision the cross, Jesus on that cross with that stuff on him. That's what he got nailed for. That list. So that he could rise again, give us Holy Spirit, so we can live 
with that list and that list only. There is no shame, no condemnation, and no guilt for those that know Jesus. So if you ever hear the voice of shame for doing something on that list, you can tell it to be quiet because you're a part of that list. Hearing Holy Spirit is simple. His voice is good, and his voice looks just like that. If it doesn't look like that, it's a voice that's from hell. There's really no other way to put it. This voice comes to give you life, and this voice comes to steal and kill you. I, I just want to take a moment and pray again. <laughs> and it's almost eight. So, um, yeah, Jesus, I just thank you. I thank you that we don't ever have to question who we are when we're yours. That we don't have to question our value or our worth or our identity or our purpose. There was a lot said tonight, and so I just pray over all of these kids, over all of these warriors, that you would just really solidify one or two things. If all of it stuck, great, but would you just solidify one or two things in their hearts? Father, you want to take timidness out of the equation. You want to bring courage in a way that the world has never seen before. You want to bring up warriors, you want to bring up babies, you want to bring up kids who know who they are so that they are not walking the earth in a way that shows anything but love. God, your love casts out fear. So I cast that out right now in the name of Jesus. Fear you cannot stay in the hearts of these kids. Courage, you get to rise. Okay, um, oh, I keep thinking I have like all the hands, I only have two. Um, so, <laughs> uh, is there any of the blank pieces of paper? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, will you pass those out to, I think, yeah, I can, she wants to sing too, so. So, um, will you put the last slide up, uh, the one with the questions? This is something that I love doing. As Robin's passing this out, um, it's just a blank piece of paper, and you guys could actually just do this at home, which is probably what you're going to do. Um, but I just want to give you guys some tips on how to actually hear Holy Spirit's voice. And we're going to dive into this way more when I feel like my voice is, like, 100%. Um, so, yeah, if you guys need to take a picture of this, take a picture of it. Take your phone out, take a picture of these questions because the coolest thing about Holy Spirit is that he wants to connect. He wants to tell you things about yourself. He is your teacher. So even me standing up here, like, pfft, ask Jesus about everything you heard from me because I don't know everything. I'm learning just like you are. And this is a huge way that I learn is active journaling. Um, 
I start journaling because I like to see, I like to see and read back on things. You can just ask questions in your head too. But um, so with these questions, <clears throat> active journaling to me is this. It's super simple and it's about connecting with the heart of the Father. So I literally take out my piece of paper and I write down whatever. This can be about anything. This is just an example. So um, I'll ask God, okay, God, today, what do you love about me? And the first thing that comes into my head, I write it down. First thing. Literally first thing. So this can be really weird when you first start it, and I did not believe that this was a way that God even spoke to people. Um, but it sure is. I've had some of the coolest revelations I've ever had by doing this. And it's actually turned, I don't need a journal anymore. So I can now do this when I'm in the middle of a conversation with anyone. That's what's awesome, is as we practice hearing Holy Spirit's voice, it's going to just get easy and easy and easier and easier. And it's pretty fun then, because then you're so connected with love that everyone you see, you're just, like, blown away by. Like, oh, my gosh, you're so beautiful. I can't even get over it. <laughs> you know, like, it's, you're enthralled. Um, so... I would ask, God, what do you love about me? And the first thing that comes into my brain, I write it down. And then um, if I have any questions about the things that he said to me, so like if he loves mm, I don't, the way that I am a mother, okay, and I have a question, then I would literally just ask the question, like, well, why? Do you guys have any younger brothers or sisters or cousins? And they just ask question after question after question after question, and you never stop. You don't ever get a break. Okay. This is what you get to do with Jesus. <laughs> it took me a while because I was really literal, and um, I felt like I couldn't really uh, let go. <sighs> Gone are those days. Um, shout out Jesus. So then I would ask, if, it's, if I'm having a hard time hearing, I would then ask, God, is there any lies I'm believing right now? First thing, again, write it down. Because sometimes when we feel like we can't hear from God, it's actually just because we believe that he's distant. He's not distant. So whatever lie he brings up in your heart, ask for forgiveness. And then ask Jesus, okay, what's the truth? So he'll give you a lie that's holding you back. And with every lie that he shows you, with everything that, that your heart is feeling like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. God wants to give you something that replaces that and brings you right back into righteousness where you belong. Um, or right back into your identity, right where you belong. So it's one of the sweetest things that I've ever practiced. And, um, yeah, this is just a guideline. It's just something to get you started. And, yeah, I would just love for you guys to hear Holy Spirit and to not feel timid to approach him because he's approachable and he wants to give you insight and he wants to give you, he wants to tell you who you are. He's not just going to put you here on earth and be like, well, good luck. <laughs> good luck. He's not evil. He's not malicious. He is good. And so he wants you to know who you are so that you can act out of that, so that you can live a life that completely rocks your middle school and your high school. That completely transforms your family by the way that you guys learn to pray. Like, it's so possible. You guys are amazing. It's so good. Like, you have, oh, it's unreal how good you guys are. It's so fun. 
Um, do, do anyone have any questions about this? Leon? Do you feel like it makes sense? What I said? He's got something to say. <laughs> the babies say it's ended. <laughs> no, but I love you guys, and I cannot wait to come back next week, and we'll just uh, really unpack some of this stuff. I know that I briefly covered things. Um, I'm going to give Anna my email um, so that if any of you guys have questions or want to just share your heart or your story or anything that you need prayer for, seriously, I do not work this month, which is pretty cool. Um, so I would love to stand with you guys and hear your hearts and get to know you guys more. Um, I am not afraid of your story. I'm not afraid of your mess. I'm not afraid of your brokenness because I know that you're healed. Um, so share with me anything. I'm an open book. And I would love to hear about all the things, all the hard things, all the easy things, all the cool things. And if you guys do this, I would love to hear, if you want to share, what he shared about your heart and who you are um, and how that changed you. So I love you guys, and I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And I'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. Uh, we're going to put this on our Instagram page, so you can do this at home. If you want to do this tonight, you are more than welcome to uh, do it here. I mean, we'll have some music on and whatever. But uh, go home, do it in your bedroom. If you want, we'll have this on Instagram. And uh, I wanted to let you guys know about something new that we're doing uh, all of our messages, Wednesday night messages, are going to be on a podcast that Eric's putting together. So um, there will be a link to that if you want to listen to this again and get uh, kind of go through it again and try to dig out some more nuggets. Um, Eric will have that uh, linked on the Instagram in a post um, maybe later today or tomorrow. But uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>